Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The following is an iHeartRadio podcast. The Soundtrack Show will begin in five, four, three. And now... Part 2 of our look at Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. This is The Soundtrack Show. Back to the soundtrack show. I'm your host, David W. Collins, and this is part two of our listen to Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. A movie from 1993 by Disney's Touchstone Pictures, produced by Tim Burton, directed by Henry Selick, starring Danny Elfman who also wrote the songs, contributed to the story, and provided the film score. I want to get straight back into the music, as our last episode really set the stage for Halloween Town's takeover of Christmas. Halloween is over, and Jack Skellington, longing for new challenges, is fascinated by Christmas. Though he doesn't really understand it. He is, after all, the star of Halloween. He's the Pumpkin King! the rock star of Halloween Town. And after much frustration, he decides that this year, he's going to put on his own twisted Christmas, with the help of Halloween Town's frightening denizens. So after coming to the realization that he's going to put on Christmas himself, Jack starts to give everyone in Halloween Town Christmassy jobs. They're all going to build it together. For example, he has Dr. Finkelstein, the evil scientist who created Sally, in a nod to Frankenstein, he has Finkelstein create Frankensteinish reindeer. We need some of these. Hmm. Their construction should be exceedingly simple, I think. How horrible our Christmas will be. No! How jolly! Oh! He has the vampires create dolls. What kind of noise is that for a baby to make? Perhaps it can be improved? No problem! I knew it! He even gets the local musicians, normally found busking on the streets of Halloween Town, to start learning Christmas carols. It goes something like this. How about it? Think you can manage? A one and a two and a three and a... (laughs) 
fantastic. But he has another secret part of his plan that he has to put in place in order to take over Christmas. So he calls on the town's trick-or-treaters, Lock, Shock, and Barrel, to kidnap and replace the one in charge of Christmas, Santa Claus, of course, who he refers to as Sandy Claus, just to get his colleagues to even understand who that person is. But this is a huge mistake. Not only is this Jack's tragic flaw, who up until this point, we've never seen actually do anything evil, particularly. He just delights in frightening people and putting on Halloween. But this is a bad move. Not just because he's kidnapped somebody, but more than that, he's placing his trust in the wrong crowd to do it. He has to in order to get something not so nice accomplished. Even though Locke, Shock, and Barrel are perfectly suited to the task, they are the henchmen of the meanest guy around, Mr. Oogie Boogie. Jack asks them not to tell anyone about their secret mission, and especially not Oogie Boogie. They agree to this, but of course, they're lying. Jack! Jack! It's Oogie's voice! Ah, Halloween's finest trick-or-treaters. The job I have for you is top secret. It requires craft, cunning, mischief. And we thought you didn't like us, Jack. <laughs> Absolutely no one is to know about it, not a soul. Now, and one more thing. Leave that no-account oogie-boogie out of this! Whatever you say, Jack. Of course, Jack. Wouldn't dream of it, Jack. <laughs> what follows is a wonderful trio called Kidnap the Sandy Claws. Let's take a listen. Kidnap Mr. Sandy Claws? want to do it. Let's draw straws. Jack said we should work together. Three of a kind. Birds of a feather. Now and forever. Better plan to catch this big red lobster man. Let's pop him in a boiling pot, and when he's done, we'll butter him up. Kidnap the Sandy Claus, throw him in a box. Bury him for 90 years, then see if he talks. The lyrics are wonderful, describing how many different ways they could fiendishly achieve their secret task. But I think the song itself really shines as well. First of all, the melody is in a simple A minor. It has this uh, wonderful shriek of a high note then descending into a more nefarious plotting. It kind of does this. It works really well with kidnap, that harshness of the vowel sound. Kidnap the Sandy Claws, lock him up real tight. Again, musically painting the natural rhythm and timbres of the words he needed to drive the plot forward. Kidnap. It just sounds awful. And the accompaniment to this melody really shines here as well. As the melody descends... Kidnap the Sandy Claws. Elfman employs a clarinet, a woodwind instrument with an unbelievably broad range of pitch and expression, to screech in the opposite upward direction. Listen for this clarinet going. Kidnap the Sandy Claws, lock him up real tight. Throw away the key and then turn off all the lights. It's like a screeching lunatic, thus adding to the overall insanity of this song. 
telling us, the audience, immediately that even though we're in a town already filled with creepy, ghoulish characters, these new characters, yeah, they're actually evil. Remember, we were told in the exposition of this movie right away that while Halloween Town delights in scaring people, they're not mean or malicious. In many ways, they're just normal, friendly folk. Life's no fun without a good scare. That's our job. But we're not mean in our town of Halloween. So with this screeching clarinet in Kidnap the Sandy Claus, as well as the frightening lyrical content describing what they'll do to Sandy Claus, and their willingness to lie about it to Jack, we know, without a doubt, that we've now met the movie's real villains. And things are about to go from bad to worse as we watch the town do their best to happily make their version of Christmas in another show-stopping number, Making Christmas. Let's take a listen. This time. This time. It's so fine. It's ours this time, and won't the children be surprised? It's ours this time. Making Christmas. Making Christmas. Making Christmas. Time to give them something fun they'll talk about for years to come. Let's have a cheer from everyone who's going to The first thing to point out, of course, is that this whole melody, the whole melody of Making Christmas is based on, you guessed it, Dies Irae. Dies Irae, Making Christmas. There's that Doompa again. The Dies Irae ties us all the way back to Jack's Lament, the core problem that is at the heart of this movie. What happens when Halloween aspires to more and actually threatens Christmas? Well, musically, we're associating that threat, we're associating all of this with music's word for death, Dies Irae. And what's so charming about this number, Making Christmas, is how delighted Jack is by all of this. He's downright chipper in his critiques of the town folk's work. Won't they be impressed? I am a genius. See how I transform this old rat into a most delightful hat. My compliments from me to you are Mr. Most Intriguing Hat. Consider, though, this substitute a bat in place of this old rat. <laughs> no, 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 now that's all wrong. This thing will never make a present. It's been dead for much too long. Try something fresher, something pleasant. Try again, don't give up! All together, that and this with all our tricks will make Christmas time. In his estimation, Jack's plan to take over Christmas is coming together beautifully. And now for a brief intermission. We return now to the soundtrack show. I want to take a moment to talk about the voice actors and singers in this wonderful cast. We of course have Danny Elfman playing Jack, but he also provides the voice for Beryl, one of these three trick-or-treating henchmen. And that's just one other character he plays. Another one would be the clown with the tearaway face. You can really hear his vocal talent shine even in his earliest demos of these songs, which were released just a few years ago. Listen to this demo of This Is Halloween, and keep in mind that all of these vocals are performed by Danny Elfman. Boys and girls of every age. 
see something strange Come with us and you will see This our town of Halloween This is Halloween, this is Halloween Don't you scream in the dead of night This is Halloween, everybody make a scene Chick or treat till the neighbor's gonna die of fright It's our town, everybody scream In this town of Halloween I am the one hiding under your bed Sharp and eyes glowing red. I am the one hiding under your stairs. Feels like snakes and spiders in my hair. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. 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 Amazing. But once it was time to record the music for the film, Elfman employed a relatively small group of wonderfully talented voice actors. Sticking with our trick-or-treating henchmen for the time being. There's actor Paul Rubens, a.k.a. Pee Wee Herman himself. Talk about coming full circle. Rubens plays Locke, another of the trick-or-treating henchmen. I say that we take a cannon, aim it at his door, and then knock three times, and when he answers, Sandy Claus will be no more. The third henchman, the witch trick-or-treater named Shock, is played by Catherine O'Hara, who is just a massive talent on stage and screen. Shock, make me! I've got something. Listen now! This one is real good. You'll see. We'll send a present to his door upon there'll be a note to read. Now in the box, we'll wait and hide until his curiosity entices him to look inside and then we'll have him one, two, three! Her comedic background at Second City saw her being cast in Beetlejuice as Delia. Honey, this is not working out at all. Charles, I will not stop living and breathing art just because you need to relax. Ha. I'm here with you. I will live with you in this hellhole, but I must express myself. If you don't let me gut out this house and make it my own, I will go insane and I will take you with me! Yeah, well, you know, maybe the house could use a little remodeling, uh, but why don't you just leave this room alone, okay? Okay. I'm gonna get her. And of course, we probably all know her from the Home Alone series as Kevin's mom, Kate. <laughs> And of course, I know her best from her films with Christopher Guest, including Waiting for Guffman, Best in Show, and A Mighty Wind. I'm a big fan of Catherine O'Hara. And beyond just playing Shock, she also plays the lead role of Sally, Finkelstein's monster who is in love with Jack and has the wisdom to warn him that his plan will go up in flames. Another nod to Frankenstein. But more on Sally later. There are even more great voice actors in The Nightmare Before Christmas, including Glenn Shaddix as the mayor, who we also know from Beetlejuice. Charles, you're lucky the yuppies are buying condos, so you can afford what I'm going to have to do to this place. And even Greg Proops as the sax player in The Devil. Nice work, Bone Daddy. Many of us remember his announcer voice from Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. That's absolutely right. And a big turnout here from all corners of the Outer Rim territories. But beyond all of these talented voice actors, there is a vocal performance late in the movie that almost steals the show. Performer Ken Page sings the role of Oogie Boogie. Page is a Broadway veteran who has appeared in, oh, The Wiz, Cats, Ain't Misbehavin', Little Shop of Horrors, and more. And his voice is filled with this wonderful charisma and humor. He gives Oogie Boogie just the perfect amount of mustache-twirling evil. Let's take a listen to Oogie Boogie's song. Well, 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 what have we here? Santa Claus, huh? Ooh, I'm really scared. So you're the one everybody's talking about. 
You're choking me. You gotta be. This can't be the right guy. He's ancient. He's ugly. I don't know which is worse. I might just split a seam now if I don't die laughing first. Mr. Oogie Boogie says there's trouble close at hand. You better pay attention now, cause I'm the boogeyman. And if you aren't shaking, there's something very wrong. Cause this may be the last time you hear the boogie song. Well, the first thing to notice is that wonderful use of good old Halloween Town woodwinds. Below the string section, just chunk, chunk, chunking away, you have this bass clarinet nodding and twisting its way through the intro. And then this wonderful flurry of clarinets in a bluesy harmony. The clarinet, by the way, is the same instrument heard in Kidnap the Sandy Claws thus musically tying the henchmen to Oogie Boogie and vice versa. <laughs> Neat. Now, also interesting to note is the bluesy piano riff under his opening lyric, as well as the swinging rhythm. You're joking! You're joking! I can't believe my eyes! A straight rhythm would be, you're joking, you're joking, I can't believe my eyes, da da ba 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 while a swinging rhythm has a lilt like this, da 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 ba ba you're joking. You're joking. I can't believe my eyes. This type of swinging rhythm really sets this song apart from any other song in the whole score. It's certainly a standout. Well, so why did Elfman choose to use this kind of bluesy, swinging feel for Oogie Boogie? I have a couple of theories, if you'll indulge me. The first is this. The words Oogie Boogie sure sound a lot like Boogie Woogie, which is a style of blues that really focuses on dance one that was popular in the late 1920s and was developed in African-American communities in the 1870s. It mostly featured piano, but eventually expanded to other instruments like guitar. Here's an example of Boogie Woogie's signature sound. That's one explanation for Elfman's possible inspiration for this type of feel. But I think it also has to do with Elfman's background, his love for music of the 20s and 30s, which we've already explained. And then there's also his very first film, the late night cult movie, The Forbidden Zone, one that he did for his brother, director Richard Elfman, while he was still with the Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo back in the late 1970s. For more on Danny Elfman's origins in the Mystic Knights, please listen to my episode called Danny Elfman from Boingo to Beetlejuice. But in The Forbidden Zone, Danny Elfman actually stars in one particular scene as, well, Satan, as the devil. He's wearing this white tuxedo with horns, and he sings a modified version of Cab Calloway's Heidi Ho Man. <laughs> Here's the original for reference. How'd you like to blow your top? Dig yourself some fine rebop. Hidey high, hidey high. Oh, the hidey ho man, that's me. Hidey, hidey, hidey high. Hidey, hidey, hidey high. 
pay attention now, cause I'm the boogeyman. You know, my influences were Kurt Weill uh, from the 1920s, uh, Gilbert and Sullivan from the late 1800s. You know, different things, uh, obviously Cab Calloway also from the 30s. So, Oogie Boogie's song is pure Elfman in terms of his musical roots and his earliest inspirations. The soundtrack show will continue in a moment. We return now to the soundtrack show. The original motion picture soundtrack for The Nightmare Before Christmas was in constant rotation in my college dorm room. I think my roommate and I had picked it up on CD right after we saw the film. It's notable because it features not only all of the songs, but it also has large passages of Danny Elfman's film score, including the overture, a Jack and Sally montage, music for Dr. Finkelstein, and a wonderful montage for the whole Christmas Eve sequence. More on that later. But one hidden gem on the soundtrack is that the opening narration differs from that that appears in the film. The film version is performed by Ed Ivory, who voices Santa Claus in the movie. It was a long time ago, longer now than it seems, in a place that perhaps you've seen in your dreams. For the story that you are about to be told took place in the holiday worlds of old. Now, you've probably wondered where holidays come from. If you haven't, I'd say it's time you begun. But on the soundtrack, the narration is greatly expanded, and it's performed by a different voice talent. That voice is none other than Captain Picard slash Professor X himself, Sir Patrick Stewart. Let's take a listen. Twas a long time ago, longer now than it seems, in a place that perhaps you've seen in your dreams. For the story that you are about to be told began with the holiday worlds of old. Now you've probably wondered where holidays come from. If you haven't, I'd say it's time you begun. For the holidays are the result of much fuss and hard work from the worlds that create them for us. Well, you see now, quite simply, that's all that they do, making one unique holiday especially for you. But once a calamity ever so great occurred when two holidays met by mistake. While Patrick Stewart was initially supposed to provide opening and closing lines of poetry for this Twas the Nightmare Before Christmas style movie, ultimately, the decision was made that it was too long, and the recording was cut down to just a few lines of poetry in the very beginning. This was reassigned later in the project, with a short couple of lines being given to Ed Ivory. But what's so wonderful about this alternate Patrick Stewart read, and why I even mention it, and mention the soundtrack in particular, is because the Nightmare Before Christmas soundtrack, thanks to the plot-heavy lyrics of the songs and the inclusion of some film score passages, is very much like a full narrative experience in and of itself. You can listen to the soundtrack in the same way that you can listen to Peter and the Wolf or other musical audio-only pieces and get a fully immersive and totally enjoyable story experience. So if you're a soundtrack lover... I highly recommend the soundtrack to The Nightmare Before Christmas. But back to our look at the music in the movie. As I mentioned earlier, actress Catherine O'Hara plays the lead role of Sally, who acts a bit like Halloween Town's moral compass. Maybe it's because she, like Jack, is also somewhat alienated from the rest of the town. You know, we call Frankenstein's monster Frankenstein oftentimes, 
even though that's not technically correct. If this were the case in Nightmare Before Christmas, Sally would be called Finkelstein's monster. But unlike Frankenstein's monster, Tim Burton actually gave us a handy and relatable name. Sally. And she's constantly falling apart, barely sewn together. In fact, at one point, actress Catherine O'Hara said she tried on a character voice that was kind of broken, as she puts it, but in the end decided that Sally should be earnest and straightforward. You start doing voices and, and you know, from reading it, and, and they sent me the pictures, you know, all the drawings of Sally, and that kind of gives you an idea of how she might sound. I actually, at the beginning, tried to do more of a broken voice because I thought her voice is untogether as her body, you know, is stitched up as her body, but... Um, but that kind of thing I think can get in the way after a while. It's like, okay, enough with a broken voice. So. <laughs> and Her song, Sally's Song, is also earnest, simple, and straightforward. Let's take a listen. It's a nice, simple, and sweet melody in E minor. Interestingly enough, her sadness seems to be a result largely of Jack's misguided lament. Musically, this is reflected too, by use of a flat two chord in her melody. She starts off very simply in E minor. Da dee, da dee, da dee. But then this flat two right here. Da da. It should sound familiar as we heard it in both Jack's lament and the town meeting song, which is this. In this way, Jack and Sally are also musically connected. Also, we should mention Catherine O'Hara's vocals here. There's a childlike nature to them, an unpolished quality that adds to the innocence of her overall character. It also succeeds in further distancing this movie's songs from that polished Broadway belting sound, as O'Hara puts on a much lighter sound in her voice. But the movie doesn't give us time to reflect on Sally's sadness for too long, as it's now Christmas Eve. Let's listen to some of Danny Elfman's score for the Christmas Eve montage. This is music that we hear when Jack leaves Halloween Town and flies in his twisted sleigh filled with twisted toys over Burton's stop-motion animated version of the real world. This has a wonderful epic quality. It perfectly matches the sound of Jack soaring through the sky. It's both Christmassy and gothic. You know, Elfman's music has been compared to Carl Orff's music in the past, especially his score for Batman. To my ear, this cue has always come straight out of Orff's most famous piece, Carmina Burana, and not the first movement, which is its most famous, one that sounds like this. Oh, 
like I said, not that one, but the second movement. You know, I remember performing Carmina Burana in a symphony chorale at age 18 and listening to the orchestra play the passage I'm about to play for you. And it forever cemented my passion for orchestral music as I stood watching the conductor animatedly drive the musicians, especially the string section with their uniformed bowing, attacking this music with an intense ferocity. And like the Nightmare Before Christmas, I participated in this particular performance of Carmina Burana in the fall of 1993. Let's listen to a section of the second movement from Carmina Burana. It's got that same drive, though a little faster, that we hear in Elfman's Christmas Eve montage. Metal. And of course, back to Christmas Eve, Jack's Christmas is a total disaster. Ultimately, Jack Skellington is identified as a threat and he's shot out of the sky by the military. Christmas has been ruined and police tell citizens that Santa is missing. Attention. Attention, citizens. Terrible news. There's still no sign of Santa Claus. Although the imposter has been shot down, it looks like Christmas will have to be decanceled this year. We eventually find Jack in tattered Santa robes, with wreckage spewn all about in a snowy cemetery, with Jack hanging off of this angelic statue. He sings a song called Poor Jack. Let's take a listen. What have I done? What have I done? How could I be so blind? All is lost. Where was I? Spoiled all, spoiled all. Everything's gone all wrong. Interesting that this starts out on a theme that is like Diasire, but in reverse. Instead of this, he sings this. Instead of, we have, perhaps this is the beginning of Jack's realization as he sings, What have I done? What have I done? His realization that Sally was right all along. Christmas is not Jack's territory, and he's destroying something that he doesn't understand and almost destroying himself, and therefore Halloween, in the process. The song ends with him not only realizing that this was all wrong, but also ends with Jack being almost born again as the Pumpkin King, with a renewed energy. In fact, what we think is going to be a reprise of Jack's lament doesn't finish the thought like it did with growing tired of the same old thing. No. Instead, from this point, And I, Jack! The Pumpkin King. He interrupts himself, and we hear the poor Jack melody strengthen into excitement. That's right! 
I am the Pumpkin King! But before he gets carried away, he stops himself with the good-hearted desire to set things right. And I just can't wait until next Halloween! Cause I've got some new ideas that will really make them scream! And my God, I'm really going to give it all my might! Uh-oh. I hope there's still time to set things right. <gasps> Sandy Claus. Now it's time for Jack to rescue Sandy Claus and Sally from Oogie Boogie. And Elfman really shines here with his underscore. We're treated to almost every theme we've heard throughout the movie in this final showdown. As Jack rushes to Oogie Boogie, a mashup of the Christmas Eve rhythmic strings along with Making Christmas can be heard. Come on, Zero. Christmas isn't over yet. A modified version of What's This plays as Jack rushes to get to Sally and Santa in time. What's that you said about luck? Ragdoll. And then a mashup of Making Christmas and Oogie Boogie's theme. Ashes to ashes and dust to dust. Then we hear a full-blown Doompa version of Making Christmas, with portions of Jack's lament heard as well, as Jack tries to stay alive through a mechanical gauntlet of Oogie Boogie's making. As Jack finally destroys Oogie Boogie, we hear a reprise of Jack's Lament that goes straight into a reprise of This Is Halloween. Stopped only by a Mickey Mousing effect as Elfman gives us a stinger when Santa squashes the last bug. We continue hearing This Is Halloween as Santa reprimands Jack. Forgive me, Mr. Claus. I'm afraid I've made a terrible mess of your holiday. Bumpy sleigh ride, Jack. The next time you get the urge to take over someone else's holiday, I'd listen to her. She's the only one who makes any sense around this insane asylum. When Sally approaches Jack, and Jack realizes that there's a real affection there, we hear Sally's theme. He'll fix things, Jack. He knows what to do. How did you get down here, Sally? Oh, I, I was trying to... Well, I wanted to... 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 Help me. I couldn't let you just... Sally, I can't believe I never realized that you... Jack! Only it's interrupted when both are rescued, and then we go into a restoration of Christmas, set to a reprise of What's This? Good news, folks! Santa Claus, the one and only, has finally been spotted. Old Saint Nick appears to be traveling at supersonic speed. He's setting things right, bringing joy and cheer wherever he goes. Yes, folks, Kris Kringle has pulled it out of the bag and delivered Christmas to excited children all over the world. Then, in the finale, when Jack and Sally return to Halloween Town's main square, we hear This is Halloween starting in a major key, then eventually returning to minor with just some major chords here and there as the town is restored to its former spooky self. Jack! Jack's okay! 
Then, What's This? plays again as Santa dusts Halloween Town with snow. Merry Christmas! What's this? What's this? I haven't got a clue. What's this? Why, it's completely new. What's this? Must be a Christmas thing. What's this? It's really very strange. Followed by a wonderful mashup of This is Halloween and What's This? as the town has never seen snow before. And at the very end, Sally sits atop the same perch in Halloween Town Cemetery that Jack sat on when he first sang his lament. Jack finds her there, and we get a reprise of Sally's theme, this time as a duet. My dearest friend, if you don't mind, I'd like to join you by your side, where we can gaze into the stars and sit together now and forever, for it is plain as anyone can see. But there's a wonderful major lift to this melody at the very end. Instead of this, da 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 dee dum, instead of that sound, we get almost this pickerty third at the end, which is a way of minor songs lifting into major, which used to be very common practice in orchestral music. It goes like this, dee da da dee da dum. We're truly meant to be. Thus giving the whole end this kind of E major lift, this happy feel. And the music swells, and the credits roll. Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas has become a holiday classic, taking us from Halloween into Christmas every year with memorable songs, great performances, and a fantastic score all driving a groundbreaking animated film that saw the return of stop-motion animation. Thank you all for your emails and your social media posts. I read every single one. If you have any thoughts, I would love to hear them. You can email me at soundtrackshowpodcast at gmail.com. Once again, that's soundtrackshowpodcast at gmail.com. Please follow us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram at SoundtrackShowHSW or on Twitter at SoundtrackHSW. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at David W. Collins. Thank you. The Soundtrack Show is an iHeartRadio podcast. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.